Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the official Steroids Podcast. It's going to be a good episode today. I've carefully vetted these questions and looked them over and these questions are going to produce a really good episode. Um, before we get started, though, answering those, remember, you guys, with all of the censorship going on, the scamdemic, the fake race war, the fake deadly virus, and the censorship, the massive, massive online censorship that is happening. This is why steroidspodcast.com www.steroidspodcast.com was created to fight online censorship, okay? You guys see that people getting their accounts deleted over this stuff, okay? So, since I work in this internet marketing type of industry, you know, I know what's going on. And so I've seen this coming for a long time. I've had my social media deleted before for telling the truth about things. And had, you know, I've had a big YouTube channel deleted in the past um, because of one reason, telling the truth, okay? So this is why steroidspodcast.com was created, was to fight online censorship so that instead of these people that run these companies, these social media companies, controlling what you can and can't say, controlling what you can and can't hear, we take that away by going to steroidspodcast.com, okay? Because I'm in control of that. That's my land. That's my property. And it's never going down. So if you go there, there'll be a pop-up that comes up, and it says, sign up for the Steroids Podcast VIP email list, okay? And what you do is you put your email onto there, and you put your name. I'm not going to send you emails, but... What it does is it makes it so that I have your email so that when my time comes and they delete my stuff, because they always do and they always will, I'll still be able to contact you. And you, when you're going, where did he go? He disappeared. That will be when I contact you because you put your email down onto the VIP email list. And I'll say, hey, dude, my stuff got deleted. I'm going to send out that, that, uh, that email. Okay, so that's why that's there. That's why that's there. Remember that that is the most important thing. If you are a listener of this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to this on, doing that is the most important part. If you are a loyal listener to this podcast. Okay, 
Getting on to the questions. The first question is from a familiar name. Ian. Winstraw plus D-ball question. I've ran Winstraw before, but loved it. But the lower back pumps sucked. I'd get them without working back. I would have joint stiffness, too. I know running Deca Durablin helps with the joints, but I cannot take 19 nors anymore. Too prolactin sensitive. Me too, dude. Would running D-ball with Winstraw work instead? Sort of seem like opposing orals. Also, what causes the pumps and any way to combat them? Yeah, well, you know, taking potent anabolics causes pumps. Um, that's the main thing that's happening is there's certain muscles are more sensitive to pumps than other muscles. And the lower back is one of those ones that, and also that upper glute area, uh, those muscles, they are more sensitive to getting a pump from using roids. And if you are on potent roids, you're going to notice, you know, weird pumps and weird areas. And like, that's usually what the stiffness, you know, when people say like, you know, I'm stiff or something, it's because you're so freaking pumped that you can barely like move your arm or like you feel like, ah, I can't walk because like, you know, the arches of your foot are so pumped, you know, like a muscle pump. There's muscle in the arches of your foot. There's muscle in your fingers. There's muscles in in your jaw you know so maybe you're chewing a steak or something and you like you get like lock jaw right because uh you know your your masseter muscle that moves your jaw up and down to chew the steak gets so pumped up with blood that it can't really function anymore so (laughs) you know it's kind of a good thing dude if you want to be a bodybuilder you know being really anabolic like that that means that all the food that you eat is going to go to your muscles and it's not going to go to your fat when you feel like that, that means that extreme nutrient partitioning is happening. Very, very anabolic inside. So anabolic that normal things like walking around is causing you to have abnormal events happen, like extreme muscle pumps in the arches of your feet. <laughs> or, you know, doing bicep curls and getting an extreme lower back pump because your back was just keeping you standing there erect like a soldier while you did your bicep curls and that was enough to get an extreme pump so that means you are so anabolic people say things like take taurine i'm like what the heck Taurine is like somebody's like mystery, magical snake oil substance they like to recommend for shit. They're like, oh, you have cramps? Take taurine. Oh, you have a pump in your lower back of, you know, because you're so anabolic and so you get blood building up there because it gets a pump because you're on roids? Take taurine. And it's like, yeah. And then we don't want a pump in our lower back, but we do want a pump in our bicep. And the taurine is like, has nano robots in it and so it knows to only swim to your lower back through your bloodstream and stay right away from your biceps man this this is one of the supplements that i'm like what the heck are you guys talking about you know it's got to be one or the other okay so right there you know it's completely bullshit (laughs) all right (laughs) 
Um, running D-Ball and Decca together, yeah, or no, D-Ball and Winstrol together, yeah, they are like opposing orals, you know, but it's only going to make you more pumped, Ian, you know, so basically if you don't want to get those extreme pumps, then you got to like reduce your dosages of steroids. Also, when you're like new to steroids, that happens more. Um, when you are more experienced, um, it doesn't happen quite so often like that. Like, especially if it's like your first couple cycles and your, uh, your body is totally not used to having that kind of input, it can kind of have like a little bit of a freak out response. So sometimes just being more experienced is enough for your body to become more accustomed to and, um, not having, you know, such extreme reactions like that. And I mean, in some ways, I mean, you kind of wish after a while that it would that it would still be so uh, extreme, you know, like getting uh, a pump like that. You kind of look back on that and remember like, wow, I remember like, you know, my first time, you know, like using Tremblone and like and Winstrol and, and like remember walking up that hill and like I, you know, had to stop and sit on a fire hydrant because I just could not stop walking because my toes got so pumped. Uh, that, that, you know, I could not take another step. And so I had to stop walking and sit on the fire hydrant and wait for that blood to go out of my toes. All right. The next question is from Big Ben. Hi, love the podcast. They've got me through my night shifts the past two weeks. You know, Ben, I like hearing about, you know, what you guys are doing when you're listening to the podcast. It's, it's a real, you guys, it's a real riot like it's a crack up like uh some of the activities that people do uh when they're listening to the podcast like i I mean my favorite my favorite one that that just like it makes me chuckle it makes me laugh is when somebody says oh yeah you know i listen me and my wife listen to the the steroids podcast every night before we go to sleep at night It cracks me up, you know, do it whenever you, you know, listen to the podcast whenever you want. But some of the, some of the stories that people tell me are so funny. You guys, I gotta tell you more. I gotta write these down sometime and tell you, tell you, you know, I can put on a, one of the episodes. I can do a list of, uh, writing all the different things that people, the activities that they're doing when they say that they listen to the podcast, like what, what it is they're doing usually. Cause you'll like it. I promise. So Ben says, uh, the podcast saved his ass with Cabergolin for Trent. Can you talk about Ment Trestalone in your next podcast? Not many know of it. It's a pain as have to inject it often, but crazy stuff. Really feel it and strongest I've ever been whilst on it. Yeah, we've discussed it a little bit before. Ment is from the Trenbolone family. Um, so it's it's like a 19 nor steroid, like, you know, DECA and trenbolone and then there's that other one um the clear tetrahydrogesterone the one that marion jones and uh barry bonds and alex rodriguez were taking um and then you know there's the methyl trend version and you know there's a few other of these 19 nor 19 nor testosterone derivatives you know but deca and trenbolone are the two main ones and then there's another one called ment or trestolone which is also a derivative of 19 nor testosterone it's an androlone der- derivative it's in the trenbolone family different ways to describe it and it's very very strong and it comes in acetate usually so it's the same um as 
fenbolone acetate where you need to inject it every day or every other day or three times per week. And um, trastolone is very, very strong. It was being developed as a male birth control method because it's extremely fertility suppressive. And uh, it was never released at that, though. It was never released as that. It was never released as a medication. But um, it was researched for that, you know. And so it's, it's, an, it's an anabolic steroid. And it was being researched in very low dosages for that. But if you use it at dosages similar to Trenbolone, like milligram per milligram, yeah, if you inject Trestolone, ment, acetate, as far as like, you know, like anabolic firepower, milligram per milligram, yeah, it's pretty much like on par with Trenbolone. Um, but... Here's the thing, okay? Trembolone has been being used by bodybuilders for years. Ment has not, okay? So there's one thing, okay? That's not what your, uh, it's not what your heroes used to build their physique. It's not what the guys that you look up to used to build their physique. So you would be, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel if you, tr if you wanted to rely on uh, Ment and, or Trestolone to build your body. You would be, you know, forging your new path, bro, You'd be a pioneer doing something new. You would be reinventing the wheel. You wouldn't be doing it the way that the guys that you look up to did it. You'd be doing something else, doing something new. <laughs> if you want to get good at stuff, it, generally, this is good advice generally. It, it's not always, it's not always um, 100% of the time, good, you know, the best advice. But generally, if you want to get good at stuff, it's good to spend time. If you want to get good at skills, it's good to spend time around people who already have those skills. So as far as using ment, it's good to look at the people who have already done what you want to do and, you know, do it, you know, really consider learning from them and, and doing things similarly to them and making small, slight, you know, per variations, customizations to make it perfect for you. But not, but not trying to reinvent the wheel and use, you know, entirely new different things and stuff. So, so that's, that's why, you know, because, you know, a lot of times people ask me about all these alternative substances like these peptides and these ment and these, um, and these SARMs and all this stuff. And I'm saying like, you know, yeah, you can go ahead and experiment with these things. And like a lot of them do have some effects, but like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, why you you should if you want have a goal and i'm sure you do i'm sure that you've seen somebody's uh physique or you know you have a general idea of like what bodybuilders look like or physique athletes look like and you want you know you have a general idea of what you want to look like just know that you know using those alternative substances that's not what they did so you it would be it would be wise to try to model them um as closely as possible and then make slight alterations and customizations to make it perfect for you. But guys, back to Trestolone. Yes, it's a very powerful muscle builder, okay? It's a very powerful muscle builder. This is the reason why it's not pleasant to use. It turns into estrogen at a rate greater than any other known steroid. So it is converted to estrogen more effectively and in more amount inside the body by the aromatase enzyme into estrogen more than any other steroid. So this stuff is such an estrogen bomb, guys. Such an estrogen bomb. 
Like if you think D-ball can give estrogen side effects, wait until you take ment, trestolone. Okay? This is the king of estrogen conversion. <laughs> so yeah, that I mean, I left that I left that at the end, right? You know, cuz I was telling you, I was telling you about you know like, you know why why you, you should probably do it like the guys who you look up to did it. And and then I was just kind of saving that little bit for the end there. Just because, uh, I mean, that, that would be one of the reasons, you know. It's an inferior product. If you want to use, you know, a 19-nor um, product, uh, you, sh you should probably use Trenbolone, you know. It's, it's definitely the superior 19-nor hormone, um, and, and it, it doesn't create any estrogen. It does do prolactin, but, you know, then you go to men, and you've got major prolactin. you got you got more prolactin than Tren, and you got more estrogen than any other steroid. So it's like you got like this complete female hormone, just complete mess in your body, like a nuclear meltdown. <laughs> Usually guys that use uh, men, even guys that are not sensitive to estrogen, guys that, you know, usually on a grandma test, you know, they, they use like... Uh, I don't know, something like three milligrams or maybe four milligrams of Arimidex per week. That's it. And then these same guys will get on like, you know, between 350 to 700 milligrams of mint per week. And, you know, they'll have to take at least one tablet of letrozole every single day. And that's a 2.5 milligram full strength tablet, you know, and that's that's much stronger than oh, than, than uh, Arimidex or exmestane. So that's my thoughts on mint. If you want to experiment with it, it works and it's very strong, but at the same time, it's a female hormone bomb. Uh, beware, beware. Okay. The next question is from Mark. Hey Dan, just started listening to the podcast since I've started to commute pretty far to and from work. Started TRT about two years ago. Before that, took Clomid from urologist to help with raising T levels. T levels at my lowest naturally was about 82 nanograms per deciliter. Didn't like the Clomid, so went to TRT specialist. This is really common, you guys. Um, a lot of guys have uh, low testosterone, and, and it's not actually an uncommon problem. There's a lot of environmental factors to this, and there's also hormone-disrupting chemicals in the water. So you drink the water and you shower in the water and the chemicals absorb through your skin. So you're being, you know, in our environment, we're not living in our natural habitat. Okay. So your natural habitat that humans evolved to live in was not full of concrete and you know, all this crap. Okay. That's not what it looks like. So your hormones are fucked. Okay. And then you got these they're putting stuff in the water. Okay. They're putting chemicals in the water. Just go look it up. Just go look it up in your, you know, your city water ordinance or whatever it is. They're putting chemicals in the water, okay? They're not trying to hide it. So if you're natural, you know, more often than not, your testosterone is not going to be optimal. <laughs> and so a lot of guys have low testosterone. A lot of guys have low testosterone. So I'm trying to tell you guys, because I know a lot of you guys, it, when, you're young, when you're younger too, especially these younger guys, when they get these levels, sometimes they can like be depressed. And actually, even, even older guys, you know, the spectrum of the listeners to this, the most people are between 20 to 55 years old. That's like the average range. And, um, and it's pretty uh, even between over that range, people who listen to this show. Uh, 
checking the demographics on that. And guys can be feeling like a little bit like, um, you know, not confident or something like that about having low testosterone and feeling like there's like something wrong with them. But dude, it's, it's the environment. It's, it's probably not you. It's probably not you. Okay. So imagine, imagine, imagine taking a whale out of its salt water that it needs to live in and putting it in fresh water. It's going to freaking screw it up. Okay, we, it's basically the same thing. Look around you. Look around you. That concrete, that is not natural. That's not found in nature. And neither is anything else you see when you look outside. There's like little decorations, like plants and stuff that you see outside. But other than that, nothing is natural. Okay? And your sex hormones, your testosterone, man, that is a sensitive thing. Because only the strongest shall survive. So those with high testosterone have to be seriously vetted. So the Clomid makes you feel like crap. And that's what a lot of these doctors want to put you on, okay? For like, dude, for like 30%, for like a third of the dudes who use it, even like shrinks their balls a little bit, makes it a little bit smaller. And it also makes like your your semen like more thicker, which is like, I mean, steroids kind of do that too, though. So take your zinc and take your HCG to reverse that. Um, but yeah, Clomid makes you feel horrendous because it attaches to female hormone receptors in your brain, in your hypothalamus. And uh, that's not good when you're a man. And so you feel like total shit. And <laughs> this is what these doctors want to prescribe people. Because, yeah, it does boost their testosterone to a normal level on the hormone test, okay? But it's not in a good way. It's not in a way that makes them feel good. It makes the test numbers look good. But it's not... It's the blood test numbers look good, but it's not a way that makes them feel good in real life. And so the guys that get prescribed Clomid, almost all of them do not take it like they should. You know, like they'll be like, oh, like I hate this stuff and I don't want to take it, but like I need, no, I need to take it. And so they'll take it like two or three days a week or something, or like sometimes they, you know, might just like not even take it for a couple of weeks or something. And then they'll like take it again for a little while. It's, it's a mess. You know, it's a mess. If you need to get your testosterone levels up, you got it the most if you've got to take a pill if you've got to take a pill and you have a choice it's got to be Novadex tamoxifen it does the same thing as clomid it'll make the numbers on the blood test look good and it won't make you infertile it'll make you more fertile the same way that clomid does but it won't Novadex doesn't make you feel like crap okay it doesn't it doesn't um give you those uh conscious horrible feeling effects like this darkness like clomid gives you uh with Novadex there's no there's none of this mental disturb thing that happens so if you've got to take a pill and it's got to be you know not a hormone it's got to be something that keeps you making your own hormones only then Novadex is the one generic name tamoxifen and the ideal though would be to make you keep you fertile and making your own hormones and only having your own hormones in your body would be hcg injection subcutaneously um, which you would need to take and perform yourself a couple times, you know, at least at least three times a week. And, you know, taking taking testosterone injections is obviously, you know, better than that at making you feel good, okay? But HCG is sufficient. I'm a big believer in HCG. Used it a lot. Know a lot of people that have used it. And a lot of people that I do personal training with use it. And, guys, it really works, okay? It works. 
NFL players use it too. Professional athletes use it too to avoid drug tests in the middle of the season, but still keep high natural testosterone levels. You're sending the signal directly to your balls that your brain, your pituitary gland would normally send to them that says function, make sperm, make semen, make testosterone. You're injecting that signal into you and it goes directly to your balls. That's what HCG is. So it's very good for testosterone replacement therapy. And here's another one is that it's not a controlled substance anywhere. It's not illegal. So it's much easier to have a personal supply of that because it's not against the law. Okay, gonna keep on going through your question. I've added my two cents in there because it's kind of, it's kind of a long question. So keeping keeping pace here. All right, currently taking one dose per week of testosterone cipionate. This is the same guy that you know he's prescribed the Clomid, but didn't like it. Um, but also started taking human growth hormone four I use every other day. Very good. Well, you know this guy's not fat. He takes human growth hormone four I use every other day, so you know he doesn't have a lot of body fat. Ha ha ha. It's true. Was also cycling HCG as well. Oh, so he is on HCG. Man, he's done all the stuff. So he's done, he's done all of, all this experimentation. He knows what's up. Going to start taking clenbuterol soon to cut since I have a bigger build. I want to cut fat and get more shredded. Yeah. Well, the HGH, how long have you been taking that? Um, it looks like you said you, but you started taking HGH. So our, if you're on pharmaceutical HGH, pharmaceutical grade HGH, you're going to get lean. That's just what it does. Um, as, but generic growth hormone does not, okay? Because generic growth hormone is not growth hormone. It's something else. Or it may have a little bit of growth hormone in it. But it's uh, it's too good to be true. <laughs> Boom! I'm the fairy. I'm the fairy from Cinderella, and I just popped the bubble, and boom. Um, the fantasy, the fantasy just came crashing down. Generic growth hormone is bullshit. Pharmaceutical grade is the only way to go if you want the real effects of growth hormone. And I'm telling you that um, not to make you upset. <laughs> I'm not talking to you either, Mark. I'm just talking to the general listeners, okay? Like, I'm not specifically directing at you, this at you. Uh, I, I'm just directing this at the general listeners. I'm not trying to tell you... I'm not trying to make you guys upset by telling you that about the generic growth hormone. I'm, I'm actually trying to save you from wasting your money. All right. So, he's going to start taking clenbuterol. All right? Take clenbuterol. Yes, is good. And you don't need high dosages of clenbuterol when you want to get cut on that and it, it does work very well especially with a low carb diet it works the best that way pretty much all fat burning unless you're genetically gifted at burning fat works better on a low carb diet and you take a little bit of it right 20 to 40 micrograms of clenbuterol per day and when you wake up in the morning you take the clenbuterol when you wake up and you wait about an hour. And if you have the growth hormone, you take your growth hormone shot. And then without eating any food, you go, you can only wait like 30 minutes too, and that'll be fine after taking the clenbuterol or even 15 and HGH. Um, but then you, you do a, a low intensity cardio. So you go for a walk or go for a bike ride or something. And you want to hit like 40 minutes to an hour, okay? 
and with your insulin levels low and your human growth hormone levels high and your clenbuterol in your system, this, this is a fat-burning inferno. And then you just go outside and you go for that walk or you ride your bike or whatever you do, your low-intensity steady-state cardio, and you just you just dispose of the fat, okay? Um, you know, people ask, you know, how is fat removed from the body? Well, it's primarily removed by your lungs. You breathe it out. Um, so when you go and, and you make that metabolic environment inside your body with the HGH and the clenbuterol, and then you go for your walk and you freaking or you go for your bike ride and you freaking blow that blow that destroyed fat molecules those fatty acid lipids out your mouth out your lungs into the air i'm not kidding look it up that's how it works um so he's asking if it's a good stack yeah i think it's a good stack mark i think it's a really good i think you look like you're doing everything right to reach your goal i would just say I would I would say like because you say you're five ten two hundred five pounds and you're more heavier set and gain fat easily, and you know you're trying to lose weight. I'll tell you right now that uh, if you go on a lower carb diet, like and and you don't do things, don't ever do things like. So I'm telling you with a low intensity cardio right now that you can do that without eating, okay? But don't ever do things like lifting weights without eating, okay? That because that that would be doing the opposite because it's all about nutrient partitioning when you're on gear. And um, so you want to always be doing all your behaviors that make the cells take in, the cells that you want to take in the energy from your food, take it in, and then the cells that you want to not have the energy, the fat, stay away and stay closed and don't take in any energy. It's, um, th that's why you don't want to be uh, doing weightlifting without eating, because that would be a very negative nutrient partitioning event. Whereas this thing with the growth hormone and the clenbuterol is a very positive nutrient partitioning event. For you, you're probably going to do better on a low-carb diet. If we, uh, that's for diet compliance, sticking to it. If you're a heavy set guy, you'll probably do better on a low-carb diet. That's general advice that's going to work for most people, although there's always exceptions. And then there's these people that, you know, were very gifted in being lean who were born that way. And these people, they don't need any low-carb diet. They do well on a high-carb diet in being lean. All right. Next question is from Steve-O who asks, Hey, Dan, question for the podcast. Uh, I can't take injectables for many reasons. And saw on your site you talk about pro-hormones. I'm not looking to get super freaky jacked, so hoping something like that Blackstone Labs Pro Hormone will do the trick. What would you recommend for dosage and any other supplements to stack with this? So yeah, those Blackstone Labs Pro Hormones, they're two-step conversion pro hormones to turn into the injectable steroids. So all those andro supplements that you see and you see them in supplement stores and companies like redcon one were doing them for a while they had these pro hormone supplements that were called uh like somo one somo four and then um blackstone labs has these things called uh you know chosen i think one is called chosen one and then another one is called like brutal 4 ce or something and it's the same it's the same concept 
uh, it's a two-step conversion pro-hormone to um, testosterone or one testosterone or nandrolone, DECA. Uh, so those tablets have to be eaten by your body and then uh, by your mouth, put into your body, and then the enzymes in your stomach start processing it and turn it into a next step hormone that's still a, a pro-hormone. And then there's a, another process that happens in the digestion process where it finally becomes the active hormone in your body. And so that the, the pro-hormones that used to be in the supplement stores, um, like up until 2003, uh, like 1AD or 4AD, those were a one-step conversion pro-hormone. So they went into your body, and then one change was made once they were in your body, and then they were, boom, active steroids, the same as if you had injected them. Uh, but these, these ones that are legal now, 1-andro, 4-andro, uh, 19-nor-andro, these ones are a step before that. So the first thing that they do once they're in the body is they turn in to the old pro-hormones that used to be sold in the store. That's the first thing that they do once they're in the body, is they transform themselves into the old pro-hormones, 1AD, 4AD, that used to be in the store. And then after that, they get transformed into the active uh, steroid hormone, which is the same as, you know, if you injected it, you know, nandrolone, DECA, or testosterone, or one testosterone. So, yeah, they work, and you, but you have to take high dosages of them because, obviously, you have to take enough of them to have, like, active steroid in your blood. Um, and especially since this is a two-step conversion to actually get to active steroid, yeah, you really have to, like, take quite a bit of these things to get them to work. But when you do do that, yeah, they do work because, I mean, you're taking steroids when you do that. You're taking a hormone, a pro-hormone, a hormone that converts to other hormones in your body. So you're taking the pro-hormone, and then it converts to a different pro-hormone after you eat it. And then, before it gets to your bloodstream, it converts to an active steroid. That would be the same steroid as if you injected it, okay? That's what those Blackstone Labs pro-hormones are. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend them, guys. I don't recommend taking that. That you're, that's a really roundabout way of doing things, and it's just weird. Okay. You know, it's that's not what the again. This I keep on talking about this, guys. Is that's not what the guys that you look up to, who built their bodies, did to do that. So why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? Always ask yourself this whenever all these scammers are trying to sell you products. Um, not saying that you know. Obvious, uh, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even going to explain that. So when these, when these people are trying to sell you products in general, just think like when you, if you're serious about what you're doing, you know, you're not just like some random dude in the gym, but you're like serious about what you're doing and you have a specific goal that you have to reach and you will not stop until that happens. You know, think about the way that the guys that already did it, do it. And then try to emulate that. When you have all this new stuff being presented to you and like, hey, this could work. And uh, like, like, look at this new stuff. It's, it's like, well, dude, I don't need that. I don't need any of that. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here.
Okay, I'm, I'm trying to do what's already been done. I'm not trying to become the next biggest and greatest Mr. Olympia. Remember that. Remember that. Stick to the tried and true. If I, if I was just trying to make a little bit of gains, uh, because Steve-O, that, that's with his question about not being able to take injectables, and he talks about pro-hormones, so, but he wants to make uh, some gains, but you know, not something extreme. What I would recommend doing would be, if you've got low testosterone, start taking HCG if you don't want to take testosterone, actual testosterone. Because HCG is legal anyways. It's a prescription drug, but it's not like a controlled substance. And that'll get your testosterone up. If you've got low testosterone, that'll get your natural testosterone levels way up. Like high natural. And you'll also be like feeling good taking that. So that's what I would do. But, but again, that's an injection. You can't take injections. So if it was for... You could take a little bit of a SARM. This would be something like what a SARM would do, would be good for. Like LGD 4033 at uh, 15 to 20 milligrams per day. That would This could be a good situation for you. If you wanted to go the, you know, just, just making a little bit of gains. Now that I said my, my spiel about not reinventing the wheel, now I'm going to come back to this, you know, and help you personally, personally. You know, say some things that could personally help you in your specific situation. Um, but, you know, that thing with taking the SARMs, that's not what I think is the ideal situation for you. I think the ideal situation for you is taking 10 to 15 to 20 to 25 milligrams of D-ball per day. Dianabol. Methandrostenolone. Metandianone. Those are all different names for the same thing. That's what I think would be good for you because, I mean, 10 to 15 milligrams of D-ball per day is, it, dude, it works. Trust me, it works. If people say, oh, a D-ball only cycle doesn't work, okay, well, you know what? It works better than any other supplement you've ever taken from the supplement store in your life to take 15 milligrams of D-ball per day, okay? Five milligrams, three meals per day. <laughs> And you got to have an anti-estrogen like Arimidex or Letrozole or something like that um, or Eximestane to be able to use this stuff. Some people don't get estrogen side effects, but most people do. And you've got to keep that on hand so that you don't grow a tit. Golden era bodybuilders before Arnold's time. Once Arnold Schwarzenegger came around and... Sergio Oliva and some of these these bigger guys that's when these guys started using tons of steroids you know like really pushing the dosages up using high dosages of steroids thousands of milligrams per week before that these guys like like it was more of a you would see these these golden era bodybuilders and they'd still more look like normal men to some degree and that's because most of these guys what they were taking for their hormonal supplementation was somewhere between 15 to 30 milligrams of D-ball per day. Yeah, some were taking more. Some, but the what you're seeing on these on these old golden era guys that are in the black and white photos, um, a lot of those guys are on between 15 to 30 milligrams D-ball per day, and they generally took that, you know, like an eight to tweak 
eight to 12 week cycles and then taking a month or two off and then doing it again. Or some of them would just take it year round and they would never, they would never, you know, while they were weightlifting and, you know, that's what they did. They took that and did it kill them? No. Was it the most healthiest thing to do? No. I think, look, the D-ball is better than the SARMs if you're going to take an oral only because the SARMs are not natural hormones. They don't fit into any receptors and they don't create any estrogen. And they still do shut off your natural testosterone production, mostly, uh, after you take them for a while in sufficient dosages. But the D-ball, it fits in your androgen receptors very, very well. And it can replace testosterone. The enzymes in your body that metabolize testosterone work on D-ball. And D-ball also creates estrogen, so you won't have like a flatlined mental energy and a flatlined sex drive like you will if you take SARMs for a long time. With D-ball, you can actually keep those things. It can be used for TRT. Back in the 50s and 60s, the 1950s and 60s, D-ball was used for TRT at 10 to 15 milligrams per day. Prescribed by doctors. Appeal to authority. It makes guys, it makes some guys feel better. Appeal to authority. Some people like that when authority, people with uh, titles like that, like doctor or professor or scientist, say that things are okay. It makes them feel better. Best advice, though, is to just research it yourself. Know everything you're doing. Know everything you're taking. The stuff I talk about in the podcast, if it's, like, real relevant to you and it's something that, you know, it's a question that you've been needing to itch, needing to scratch. You know, now that I let you know the answers about it, uh, go and use, go go and try to find, you know, evidence about that. Um, look, Try to look up, if I mention studies and stuff, you know, you guys should go and it's really relevant information to you. You guys should be um, going and then taking that as like the stuff that I say as leads to go and do your research because you really do want to understand this stuff. Um, you don't want to just take my advice for it or anyone else's advice. You, it, it would be best, best case scenario. If you, if you really understood it, I know that's not for everybody. I know there are some athletes that just want to be told what to do as far as this stuff goes, because they're just not interested. Um, so that, that would be a different situation. Uh, <laughs> but if you're a guy that likes to know, uh, you know, you know, what and why you're taking that, that would be a good thing to do. You know, when I say stuff that is that on this podcast to then do relevant research with studies, not research with looking up stuff on forums. Okay. Because that's crap. That's crap. Looking up stuff that people wrote or said on the internet, that's crap. But if I mention like studies, then it would probably help you feel more confident about um, what you're doing if you then went and looked for those studies and read them yourself. All right, next question is from Mark. Hello, I've just discovered your podcast. I'm 49 years old and have been training for 30 years and have dabbled with gear for about the last 10 years on and off. I'm going to run a course of D-ball 
50 milligrams to kick off my post-lockdown training as it only has a short half-life. Can I take it just on training days or do I have to take it continuously for six weeks? I train four times per week. What should I do? Yeah, D-ball works best when it's taken throughout the day. Uh, the reason for that is because it's only active in your body for three to five hours after you take it until you know it's gone from your body, metabolized, gone. And that doesn't mean that you know, it's not still able to work only because it's only there for, you know, a few hours because the way that steroids work is they're hormones and they attach to receptors, hormonal receptors that are on the outside of the membranes. The membranes are like a circle of the cell in your body, all the cells in your bodies. They have these membranes. They're like circles, right? And then there's stuff inside. There's like organs inside and stuff. And on the outside of these circles, the membranes, the stuff that surrounds all the organs and stuff of your cells, there's these little like catcher's mitts. And those catcher's mitts, what they do is they're open. And if they find the right, um, the right, like lock, the right key or whatever to, you know, like stimulate their lock or whatever, <laughs> or like the right kind of ball, you know, a baseball floating through the blood to be caught in their catcher's mitt, you know, the right fit then it transmits a message. So in this case, an androgen receptor, okay? This kind of mitt, it's like a catcher's mitt on the outside of that circle. It's like a catcher's mitt, androgen receptor. And when a steroid hormone comes floating through the blood, a male hormone, then it attaches to that receptor. And then that receptor transmits a message to the nucleus of the cell, the DNA, and says, act a little bit differently. Express this DNA a little bit differently. Don't get rid of protein. Build up muscle. Make all the energy that needs to be lost come from fat energy. None of it is coming from muscle tissue when you're dieting. Those are the kinds of changes that are made and expressed through your DNA because of the message that is transmitted through the steroid hormone, through the androgen receptor, to the nucleus DNA of the cell. So that's how steroids do their thing. And that's why they don't need to actually be in your blood 24 hours a day and they can still work and do their thing and that's also why it takes like a little bit of time like a couple like a week or two for most steroids to like come on and start working because that process has to like totally ramp up and it's not a process that happens overnight uh making those those uh dna expression changes that happen when taking gear because of this, man, D-ball works best if you take it with your meals. You can you can take it once per day and it still works. It, and it still works really well. So the difference between taking it once per day or taking it twice per day or taking it three times per day is not an extreme difference. It's not. Uh, whatever way you take it, it works. But as far as nutrient partitioning goes, like, and, and if you're trying to, you know, Eat a, eat, a, eat a diet that is like burning fat and building muscle. Like taking it with your meals is definitely the best way to do this, man. It makes, that makes your body be able to build up more of the food that you eat into muscle. Assimilating proteins. So in the 60s, the San Diego Chargers, they made their players take D-ball. And so they, they'd go they'd go do training camp at a ranch, 
and they would give them five milligram D balls with all their meals. And if you don't take it, they would find them. So, you know, you have to pay money to that. You know, if you don't take it, you get a penalty. So you have to take the D ball. And they were really good once they started doing this. They won an NFL championship uh, the first season after they started doing this because they were bigger and stronger than all the other teams. And so that that's that's another one where you just laugh at people that say like, oh, D-ball only cycles don't work. Okay, well, the San Diego Chargers won an NFL championship taking a D-ball only cycle. <laughs> the you got you got to take it several times per day if you want to do it the right way, or at least twice per day. That's my opinion, but it still works. It still works great. It still works fine if you only take it once per day. If you only take it on training days and you skip days taking it, it will work significantly not as good. I will tell you that. Another reason for that, too, is simply because you will be lowering the total amount uh, that you take during the week. Bodybuilding is all about consistency, guys. It's all about, like, consistency, like, over time, like, taking steroids over time consistently, doing your diet consistently over time progressing with your training consistently over time it's it's pretty simple it's pretty simple (laughs) it as long as you just do those things good things happen keep taking steroids consistently over time keep training with heavier and heavier weights consistently over time (laughs) keep on a good diet a bro diet chicken and rice and vegetable consistently over a long period of time bodybuilding goals achieved it's not too complicated but a lot of guys want to overcomplicate it because if you make it super complicated and super confusing then what do people have to do well they're at they're at that person's mercy to tell you to be the experts the experts mercy to be like, well, I've got the answers. I've got the supplements. I've got the special new chemicals. No, that's a scam. That's a freaking scam. It's not that complicated. It's pretty freaking simple. It's those three things. Diet, training, steroids, consistently over time. Equals bodybuilder. And you know what the most important factor of all of those three is? The keystone. The keystone is the steroids. That is the most important factor in bodybuilding and physique. Not in professional sports and athletics. Then natural born talent and skill are the most important factors with steroids being the third factor. But for bodybuilding and physique, steroids, performance enhancing drugs, they're the most important factor. They're the keystone to this. Okay, next question is from Jared. He says, taking Tren and Deca at the same time, good thing? Well, it's a female hormone bomb, um, and that's why people recommend against it. Does it work? Yeah, it freaking works. And most freaks do it. Most people who look like aliens, they take Test, they take Tren, they take DECA and they take growth hormone and they take all of those at the same time at high dosages and sometimes they take D-ball and sometimes they take Anadrol and sometimes they take Winstrol (laughs) 
and sometimes Anivar. <laughs> that's uh, and and also usually they like insulin. I mean, that's a pretty. If you look at the most freaky alien people and say, "What are these guys doing? What do they like? What is the stuff that they think is important to making them look the way they do?" And making their bodies and their metabolism work the way it does. It would be those substances that I just mentioned. Those would be the ones that would be of the most importance to them. If you've got problems when you use DECA or Trimbalone alone. And if you got problems like uh, sexual dysfunction issues. Or you got uh, like, you know, gyno issues that are very difficult for you to control. Okay, when you combine them together, it's going to be an exponential increase in the, in the side effects from doing that. Um, also, if you've got like sexual dysfunction and if that bothers you, because I'll tell you this, a lot of bodybuilders have a dead stick, okay? And they're okay with that. So you got you to gotta understand, you know, like that's why I'm talking about like the, the freaks they're using they yeah they're using deca and trend together but as like a normal dude who isn't willing to like completely lay down his life 100 percent for this who's just trying to have fun this is totally unnecessary totally unnecessary i mean even taking 19 nors in general except for the odd man out because there's always exceptions it's not fun it's not it, it's not something you want to be doing for a long time or or very often. Yeah, maybe you want to just do it a couple of times and see what it's all about or something like that, but you're not trying to be like doing this your whole life. That's usually how it goes. Is people when they're first starting, they use more of this stuff and then if they just decide, you know, they're not trying to you know more of that harsh stuff or extreme stuff. But then as they go on, if they're like, well, I'm not trying to be Mr. Olympia or something, you know, then they just stick with the good stuff that has, you know, low side effects and is so much better and still works really well. So that would be testosterone, primobolin, Anivar, growth hormone. That's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, Winstrol sometimes. And, and, you know, very, very good things can happen from taking that that stuff very good things all right the next question is from justin hey dan love the podcast just started my 10th week of my first cycle and already have noticed amazing masculinizing effects and increase in muscles i am running 500 milligrams testosterone ananthe a week 25 milligrams d ball for one for weeks one through eight taking a month break and was going to finish my cycle with a 50 to 100 milligram anivar a day through weeks 12 to 20. Okay, so he's going to be taking testosterone for 20 weeks and for the first eight weeks he's going to be taking D-ball for 25 milligrams. Then he's going to take a four-week break and then finish uh, weeks 12 through 20, another eight weeks um, on anivar. Uh, but listen to the podcast saying it can be better to mix Anivar and Winstrol together than just taking one of them alone. Wanted to get your thoughts on that as well if I should increase testosterone to 750 milligrams per week. Okay, well on that last part, testosterone, 
uh, dosage is like it's directly correlated with um, with strength and size. So, 500 milligrams testosterone is one size bodybuilder and strength, and 750 milligrams testosterone it levels that person up in equal amount. So there's no diminishing returns at all, zero. So whatever 250 milligrams did to you, 500 milligrams is twice again that strong, and then 750 milligrams is 30% again as strong, and then you go up to a thousand milligrams and increasing it that time increases it 25% strong again. It goes like that. It's it, there's no diminishing returns. The only thing is that if you take more, you know, then you have to take larger increases in dosages in order to make the same like doubling of effect or something like that. Because you know, going from 250 to 500 milligrams, that's double the dosage. But if you're at a thousand milligrams, increasing it to 50 milligrams again, that's not double the dosage. You have to go up to 2,000 milligrams, and that's double the dosage. And so it has the same, you know, effect like that. That's why people talk about diminishing returns and stuff like that, because just because of that effect. It's just another trick, you guys. There's These people are smart, okay? They've thought this through. They've thought this stuff through, this fake natty stuff, this low dosage stuff, okay? They've, they know all the tricks to freaking make it, you know, Make this web of lies that is going to keep you in this cage and not keep you from getting big and reaching your goals and all this crap. So, it's tricky. If you've been deceived by these people, it's it's honestly it's not your fault at all. That's why that's why I'm doing this. Cause it's a bunch of crap. It's a crime. This information has been suppressed this long. I think it's fine to do to do the the four the eight weeks on the d-ball and then the four weeks off and then finishing your cycle out with anivar and winstrol and yeah anivar and winstrol makes a great synergy together i like i like doing them uh between 30 30 milligrams to 60 milligrams of each per day together so that would be like 30 milligrams anivar 30 milligrams winstrol both taken at the same time together and then experimenting, titrating with the dosages of those up to 60 milligrams of each per day. That's where I think that they, you know, within that range is a reasonable range that works really good together, has a really good effect. And they definitely have a synergistic 1 plus 1 equals 3 effect using Anivar and Winstrol together instead of just one on their own. With toxicity from oral steroids, I know this is a question that you guys have listening to him talking about a 20-week cycle with eight weeks on orals and um, with a four-week break on the middle and then another eight weeks. Um, the main type of liver toxicity that could happen to someone, you know, it doesn't really happen very much, honestly, with oral steroids. But if somebody overdosed on Tylenol or if somebody overdosed on alcohol binge drinking, and they went into liver failure. Well, what happens when that happens? Well, the first thing that happens is the liver's primary antitoxin neutralizing agent, L-glutathione, the reserves in there have to get depleted and then totally demoralized, emptied, before the liver starts taking on damage. 
So if the person goes into liver failure from overdosing on Tylenol, acetaminophen, the first thing that happens is the massive dosage of Tylenol starts going through the digestive system in and being processed by the liver. And then the liver's L-glutathione reserves start being used to neutralize the toxic part of that acetaminophen, Tylenol. And then after the reserves of the L-glutathione, the antitoxin of your liver, is all gone. It's all been used up. Now your liver starts getting destroyed. That's how liver damage happens. So supplements like Silymarin or Milk Thistle or NAC, NAC, N-acetylcysteine or Tudka. I'm not going to say the whole name for that one. It's humongous. Or that's about it. That's about it, okay? Those ones. There's a couple more, too. They're all liver supplements. But what those do is they all do the same thing. They load the liver's L-glutathione reserve stores. So they load it up, make it be totally loaded up with L-glutathione so that its toxin neutralizer storage is at full. That's what those supplements do. They all work the same way. They all do the same thing. If you're worried about liver toxicity when you're taking oral steroids, well, keep your L-glutathione reserves completely full and you're not going to have any problems. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at his question right now. Uh, signs of toxicity. Okay, oral steroid toxicity, okay? The main, the main thing is going to be if you start feeling like you have no energy, if you start feeling like you don't want to get out of bed, you feel like walking to the bathroom is going to make you have, uh, you have no energy to do that. You don't like bodybuilding anymore. You don't want to go to the gym and you have no appetite and, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Appetite completely screwed. Those would be signs of the major signs of oral steroid liver toxicity or just toxicity in general, not even liver toxicity, but just, you need to stop taking it. Okay, so if at, any, if at any time during your cycle, you know, if you guys are wondering, like, how do I know? How do I know? <laughs> how do I know if it's screwing me up? Okay, if you start feeling like that, stop. And you'll feel back to normal after about four to five days after you've stopped. Okay, the next question is from Jaden. He says, hey, would I be able to get your suggestions? I'm 169 centimeters tall, 60 kilograms, pretty lean and skinny, maybe 12% body fat at the moment. I want to put on a bit more muscle, not a huge amount, but just look a little bigger. Your suggestions would be appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, so it looks like right now you're about 5 foot 6, 169 centimeters, something like that, uh, 60 kilograms, about 130 pounds and 12% body fat. So, um, you're definitely on the more petite side for a man at that point. Um, so you want to get more muscle, not a huge amount, but just look a little bigger. Suggestions would be appreciated. Okay. Well, you could probably, I mean, you can get bigger naturally, man. You don't, you don't, uh, yeah, I know you're listening to this podcast. So 
you know, if you're looking for some kind of a steroid related answer, it would be the same thing as I told the other guy that was saying, you know, he wanted to get bigger, but couldn't take injections. You know, I would say a cup, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 milligrams D ball per day, or the same, uh, dosage of LGD 4033, the SARM. Um, but another thing you could do though, is if you wanted to like, okay, let me put it this way right now. You're definitely, you're, you're, you could get bigger naturally and that's what you should do. But if you're bent on not doing that, here's what I'll tell you is the best way forward. Just go get on TRT and, and get it and get at least 250 milligrams testosterone per week. Okay. You got it or 200 milligrams testosterone per week uh, from your doctor. And you, you know, if you want to be a, a big dude, cause right now you're like more on the petite side. If you want to be like a big dude in general and right now it you know somebody could probably move you out of the way fairly easily but if you want to change that and make it so that people would see you and they would think moving him out of the way is going to be very difficult and I don't want to do that um being on at least 200 milligrams of testosterone for six months to a year and lifting weights and eating enough food to make you gain weight. It's going to make that happen for you. I kind of think that that's the gist of your question. I, I think that's what you're... My, when I read your question, I interpret that that's what you're looking to happen in your life. All right, the next question is from Landon. Hey, Dan, question for the next podcast. When upping your test enanthate from cruise to blastos, do the effects kick in faster than if you were doing a cycle from natural, as in the typical two- to four-week lag period until you really start to notice it? Yeah, it does kick in way faster. The reason why is because of that. Remember when I was explaining how steroids work with the nucleus of the cell and the DNA earlier? Uh, that process takes you know a week or two weeks it with with orals or test suspension it takes about a week for that process to happen or for propionate uh propionate or acetate but uh for longer esters like uh you know enanthate cipionate undecanoate decanoate takes like 2 to 3 weeks for that process to happen usually but when you've already been taking them and having them in your system most of those uh adaptations have already occurred to some point. So if a guy is cruising, you know, taking 250 milligrams of testosterone, one cc of testosterone per week between steroid cycles, uh, and then he goes back on cycle again, um, you know, the effects are felt in about 24 hours, actually, of increasing the dosage like that. Um, it's, it's remarkably quicker uh, when you increase the dosage. Um, and with stuff like trenblone acetate, or uh, orals when you increase the dosage. I mean, you feel it the same day that you increase the dosage. It doesn't take like time to build up. Uh, if you've already, if you've already been taking it, you know that's the prerequisite. If it's already been in your system and you're on already, then when you increase the dosages, then the effect is very quick in how uh, fast. Uh, those changes from the increased dosages are felt. So that that was a really good question. Thanks, Landon, for asking that one. Because if you are already on 
a hormone and you change the dosage, the time to feel the change from changing the dosage is way, way faster than going from not being on the hormone at all to being on the hormone and feeling on the hormone. All right, next question is from Brian. I listen to your podcast religiously. My question is, you talk about underground labs versus human-grade labs. All I ever find are underground labs. How does one find a human-grade lab? Also, with underground labs, I get burnt out of my money about 35% of the time with junk stuff. That is complete bunk. Yep, reality. Reality of taking things that are made by drug dealers. Uh, Unfortunately, I got burned very badly on that. And I had my leg experience in Colombia and learned a very powerful lesson to stop being such an (laughs) ears. That's what I, you know, that for myself, that's what I decided. That's what I decided for myself. Okay. And that was the lesson that I learned from that. Are you going to get an infection like my leg infection if you use underground lab steroids? Probably not. But does it happen? Yeah. Does it happen to guys other than me? Yeah, I've had people email me about it. They've been like, I had similar experience. And then they show me, but it was usually like much less severe than mine. Like mine was a very, very severe case. Um, and, you know, it's Russian roulette. When you're using stuff that is not medication made for humans that, you know, a doctor in a hospital would be giving someone. So if, you know, you're injecting mystery steroid oil into you you know it's russian roulette and at some point you could have something really crappy happen and that's what happened to me there was bacteria in there and it got into my leg and it caused a necrotic fasciitis in my leg so that's why my leg like freaking exploded and it was so disgusting it was unbelievable uh, and caused my whole Columbia fiasco. So I've told this story in the podcast many times, guys. Because of that, I had to make a big decision, you know, because it couldn't have that happen again. So I had to say, you know, I will never do that again. <laughs> so so I'll just say, too, that using human-grade gear. Um, here's another thing, though, guys, is I'm, I get guys messaging me about this sometimes saying, like, I know you say not to use underground lab gear and you don't approve of it or something like I'm not I'm never going to like judge you for what you're doing. Okay, so if that's what you're doing and you make that decision and that's what you have access to and that's what you're doing, I'm not going to like look down on you for doing that. I'm like that's your decision. So I I know that I'm just saying that because I know that some guys have come to me for advice and I could tell that they were like hesitant to ask to ask because they felt like self-conscious or something like that because of me talking about this on the podcast. Don't worry about that. I'm that's not that's not a thing. It, I consider you an adult that can make your own decisions and if you want to do whatever you do and a lot of people do just that's up to you, man. That's up to you. So I'm not even I'm not even anywhere near judging judging somebody or saying you shouldn't be doing that. It's up to you. It's freaking up to you. All right. 
Uh, I'm trying to see where I am on this question. Got a little, got a little sidetracked there. A, a lot of times, okay, you're asking how do you how do you get human grade gear? Okay, well, there's wellness and hormone replacement therapy clinics, anti aging clinics, um, testosterone replacement therapy clinics. A lot of them, you can even talk to the doctors on Skype, and they'll give you a freaking prescription and send your stuff in the mail. Um, after they send you to go get blood blood work at a local lab, and they Skype with you, and then it's totally legal. And they'll do stuff like testosterone, Anivar, Winstrol, Deca, HCG, growth hormone, all you know, pharmaceutical grade. So that's one way to do it. Also, you can go to countries like um that where gear you can buy otc without a prescription or if you wanted to get a prescription in those countries you could you know go find a local physician preferably not at a hospital uh but in you know who has a private practice like you're walking down the street and you see a doctor's office who has a private practice and go ask him for some specific prescription for certain hormones when you're in that country or whatever um i'll just tell you like briefly like in in Thailand, like pharmaceutical grade testosterone, you know Bayer Testervirin, etc. You just buy it OTC. You don't need a prescription. You just go into the pharmacy and buy it. Um, Proviron, uh, Anadrol, Dianabol, Winstrol, Anavar, Deca, Primobolin. All of that stuff's available over the counter from the pharmacy in Thailand. Um, you just you just walk in, you just walk in and, and buy it at the pharmacy. Uh, in Colombia, they've got the only ones that they've got really in the pharmacy where you can do it like that is um, Nordytropin pens, which blows me away. But you know the going rate for those 30 IU Nordytropin pens in those Colombian pharmacies OTC is about 90 US dollars that I mean when I would go in there they'd be trying to sell those to me they'd be getting them out of the fridge and holding them for like like here like works we're, we're excited that we have this uh we know you like this kind of thing <laughs> uh but that yeah those were there and then there was there was Bayer Nibido testosterone undecanoate or undecanoate there yeah but that was the only pharmaceutical grade testosterone that they had they they had they had proviron too uh pharma, pharmaceutical Bayer proviron uh the the Nibido test undecanoate there it's it's in a 4 milliliter vial and it sometimes in other it can come in an ampule to a four milliliter ampule and it's a thousand milligrams of testosterone and decanoate in there. And those are like 65 to 70 us dollars, uh, over the counter from the pharmacy in Colombia. Um, so as you guys can see, like, like Vietnam in Vietnam, you, there's like origin on, uh, Sustin on two fifty and farm pharmaceutical grade test probe. Um, and origin on deca drabalin 100 ampules in those in those pharmacies you, you just walk in and buy it you don't need a prescription uh so so for guys asking like you know like where does pharmaceutical grade come from like how does it happen like i'm i'm just saying like it's in those places you know so it exists 
<laughs> but but it's it's medic it's medicine, okay? It it's medicine made by pharmaceutical companies medications. And just for one thing, if you feel a little bit like guilty about like taking your steroids or something, right? Because you're like uh you're thinking like Oh, this is not healthy. You know, once you get that pharmaceutical grade stuff in your hands and you start taking that, you're going to feel a lot better about what you're doing to yourself. So, it can be worth it. If you it can be worth, you know, for some of you guys who are saying like, you know, should I spend like the the extra extra to do that? I mean, that's that's why I talk highly of it. I I think for me, I I think it's worth it. Okay, last question of the day is from Vitiligo. Vitiligo asks, hey mate, how are you? Hi, it's from Australia. I've just started to follow you on Instagram at Bodybuilder in Thailand and at Steroids Podcast. And I've been listening to your podcast over my cardios as well. How did you get roids and HGH over there in Thailand? <laughs> Farm grade would be my choice. I'm planning on going over there. Well, I, I guess I just I guess I just explained that in the last question. Uh, but it, it's funny. It's funny when you try doing that for the first time. I remember the because because you know I was the first dude like over there in Thailand who was you know doing anything with the internet and bodybuilding and you know like you know Thailand Thailand internet bodybuilding. I was the first person over there doing anything like that. So. It was like um, when I went over there the first time and, you know, figured that out, it was like I was exploring the Wild West, you know, something that was completely unexplored. So, you know, I'd be walking to pharmacy to pharmacy and be like, uh, you know, walk in and, you know, I was used to being in the West where that was like illegal or something. And so uh, I would I didn't really like know what to say, but I was thinking like, well, it's legal here. So like. I can just say whatever the, whatever the fuck I want to say. And, and so I like walk into the pharmacy and be like, um, anabolic, um, testosterone, anabolic steroid. And, and, uh, you know, at first, the few, first few pharmacies, no, 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 you know, holding their hands up in an X in front of me, uh, uh in front of their chest, you know? And I'm like, all right, whatever, dude, <laughs> I go to the next pharmacy. And, you know, after I did that enough times, you know, eventually they were like, yeah, yeah, we have. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then they were they were showing me their stuff. So that was kind of a funny thing, funny little activity, funny adventure, uh, going to a foreign country and doing that. It's funny, man. If you would like your questions to be answered on the steroids podcast go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on instagram until next time <laughs>